0: Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? Then you're in the right place. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast, my friends. You are in for a treat today. So today is a replay of the Elevated Life Podcast with Britt and Chris Carmichael. If you do not know these beautiful human beings, you need to get to know them, and you're going to know exactly what I mean when you listen to this episode. We are diving in about money mindset and all of the things. Um, As always, these conversations light me up, and you're going to Feel that in this episode. Britt and Chris bring such an amazing um, perspective when it comes to, honestly, any topic. Um, I met them in person at Hair Love in last year, year before, year before, Um, and they are just amazing human beings, and Britt has turned into one of my great friends who I love so much, so please enjoy, and this is also a reminder to you that the Buy Buy Debt Blueprint is still available. I'm giving you $10 off the code and the link is in the show notes. And what this is, so many of you have grabbed this and it makes me so happy. Please, please, please message me and tell me your wins. Tell me um, how this has helped you organize getting out of debt because what this is, this is your literal calculator where all you have to do is put in your information and it is going to create the plan for you to get out of debt it's going to tell you when you need to pay what on in what month and how much on what card um, to eliminate your debt as fast as you possibly can while also still living your life because at the end of the day this is your life. You only get one of them. You know, I don't want you just paying off your debt your whole life and then never actually living it. So please grab that. Again, it is in the show notes. Um, It's with the code. It's only 37 bucks. Um, So, and then let me know how that goes for you. So with that being said, enjoy this episode, my friends.
1: If you're someone who's been struggling with debt or up-leveling their money mindset, today's episode is absolutely for you. We brought on my friend, Misty Jane, who's a money coach for hairstylists and the host of the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. She helps those in the beauty industry and beyond strengthen their relationship with money, get out of debt and take control of their life and their business. This conversation, we dive deep into the trust factor of what it takes to rewrite your money story and how to get crystal clear on exactly what you want so that you can build your spending plan around it. Misty's method combines a combination of discipline and taking a line action, but also paired with celebrating the small steps and just buying the damn Lululemons anyway. Her practical advice and approach is perfect for people who are just not a numbers kind of person. So get ready for an epic conversation of some hashtag strong girl shit that empowers you to take control of your finances and open up to financial freedom. Hey, we're Britt and Chris Carmichael and you're listening to the Elevated Life Podcast. Throughout the 16 years we've been together, we've never ceased in our endless quest to better ourselves.
2: We've studied top experts, philosophers, and gurus. After years of personal self-experimentation and working with thousands of clients, we've found the tools for shifting your beliefs, moving through fears, and developing a positive mindset that aligns with your authenticity, integrity, and soul purpose, regardless of your past
1: if you're ready for a breakthrough then you're in the right place because we're here to empower you to take control of your life with simple mindset shifts that create radical transformation
2: we'll be diving into topics like personal growth health philosophy spirituality relationships success and mindfulness we don't shy away from the taboo topics like sex Hypnosis, meditation, and exploring altered states of consciousness.
1: So create some space for yourself and get comfy. It's time to become the badass you were born to be. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Elevated Life podcast, Misty. We freaking love you. And when we decided to start bringing on interviews, you were one of the first people that came to our mind was like, You know what we don't talk a lot about? Something that Misty Jane knows much about. And that is money mindset. Because, you know, we love, as the Elevated Life crew, we love teaching you how to change your mindset, heal your past pains, all the things. But one thing we don't cover a lot is money. Because... I'm sure Misty will share that your self-worth plays a huge part in your ability to open up and manifest and receive more money. So we're trying to like dive down to the inner workings of that mindset so that you can have a practical plan, which Misty is a pro with. So Misty, thank you so much for bringing your wisdom and helping our elevators to up level their money mindset so that all the inner work that they've been doing can actually ha- take action and have a plan because we all know that money likes movement and specificity. So thank you for so much for joining us on the show.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to kind of put in the steps with you guys and the way that y'all speak to about everything. I'm excited to like mesh these two things together today. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really beautiful approach because the
1: truth is we're both practical and intuitive. And I think when you can blend the two together, which is why Chris and I created the Elevated Life, we're like, we need to share both of our perspectives because we approach things very differently, but always find that common ground. So we're excited to have you a part of our threesome sharing on money mindset. So with that being said, let's dive in. One thing that has inspired me so much when I think about Misty Jane's story, I think about the $48,000 of debt that you cleared in two years. That is just beyond. So can you take us back to maybe how you got yourself into that situation and what was the motivation and inspiration to make that change?
0: Oh my goodness. How we got ourselves into that situation. I <laughs> love Yeah, I love to spend money first of all. So let's be very clear. I think when people find out I'm a money coach, they think that I'm like super frugal. I am very much not. I am impatient. I want what I want when I want it. And that is how I got in $48,000 in debt. <laughs> I was really, it started, I was 21 and I wanted a boob job. That's literally how it started. I got my first credit card to pay for a part of my body, which I think is kind of insane now that, I mean, people do it all the time. It's not insane. But now that I think about it, that was like the beginning of it. And then it just spiraled. It was like, oh, wait, I can use this thing to buy stuff that I want that I can't afford yet. Great, let's roll with that. And that was something that my mom kind of instilled in me. If you have good credit, you can buy anything. So I had one side of my mom telling me that like credit cards will get you whatever you want as long as you pay, you know, the minimum. And then I had my dad, they were divorced, who was very much scarcity, like rolling coins to get gas to go to work. So I had this like mix of like kind of irresponsible abundance and scarcity all in one. So about 30 years old, um, I had just had my son, Declan, and my husband and I, we used to always, so we both grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. and we would always drive around this particular neighborhood and we would say things like we picked the wrong careers, you know, we would uh, we should have went to college. Like we wanted to live in this neighborhood so bad. It's where like we went to school with people that lived in this neighborhood. It had big yards, there was kids everywhere. Like it was just like, This this dream that was never going to be for us, like in our minds, that was where we were like, this is not for us. We didn't we weren't born into this. We didn't make the right choices for this. This is just not going to be our lives. And once we had our son, it was this shift of, you know what, something's not right we're thinking about this wrong. There's got to be something we can learn. There has to be something that we can do differently. Habit change. I don't even think habit changes were something I was thinking about yet. I think it was just very much like, I need to learn a different way because I want better for him. So that's exactly what we did. I like started reading books. I watched this DVD that like started like shifting my mind on, oh my God, wait a minute. Wait, Loans and credit cards are just a product. (laughs) They're trying to make money off me. And that's the only like thing that like, wait, (laughs) that's not. So we started shifting our habits. Um, You know, we started um, being more frugal. We realized some of the things we were doing wasn't going to work, you know, long-term. So we started figuring out what was going to work for us. And yeah, two years to the day, not even kidding, like two years to the day of when we cut up our credit cards, we paid off all of our debt besides the the townhouse that we lived in. And um that was in April of 2018 and December of 2018, we bought a house in the neighborhood that we never thought that we could. So mm-hmm. you want to talk about mental shifts.
1: <laughs> like- <laughs> I have whole body like nip chills right now. Like that is just such a beautiful story. And it reminds me of that saying you change for one of two reasons. You suffer enough, which it sounds like you had hit that moment. Mm-hmm. And you learn new information and it sounds like you went in that direction as well. I'm done. I'm sick of suffering. I've got to do something different. So what would you say looking back was that first shift, that biggest, like, oh, I've got to stop doing this or, or make a change. Like what was the first shift for you?
0: you know, we actually just looked at things a little different. Like we never, I knew what our balances were. I never added it up. I never looked at our transactions. Like it was this idea. We were buying what we wanted. We were going out to eat all the time. I was buying all of, I love Lululemon, like all the Lululemon stuff. Like um, we were going on vacation. We were doing the things, but then we would get like a bill and the stress would be so much. Like, so then you would just feel all this shame. We shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have spent our money. Like, so we had to sit down and actually see what was going on instead of just winging it. Cause we were just kind of winging life, you know, winging our money. And we sat down and we looked and we're like, well, we say we can't afford this, but we spent over a thousand dollars going out to eat this month. Like what? Like if we didn't, I don't even remember where we ate. It wasn't even that good. Like if we would just like shift our thinking and like be able to fund the things that we value and that we love and that we actually want, instead of just unintentionally throwing our money at these things, because at that moment, we think that that's what's going to make us happy. And it's not. So it was just this idea of um, something isn't working, right? And we got to figure out what it is, because self-reflection wasn't happening before then. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know, you're, you're talking about some really amazing things. And I want to kind of pull back here just for a second, because all of our mindsets about everything come from somewhere. Like we don't just born with them. They're not embedded into our DNA. So a lot of behaviors that we have are learned. I mean, you mm-hmm. see a lot of parents in the way they take care of themselves, just maybe physically. And you notice that transfers over a lot of times to the kids. You're like, yep. wow, you got to, you guys got to, it's, it's not genetics necessarily can be, but a lot of times it's mindset. What are some of the other red flags that are out there? Red flag money mindsets that people may have inherited that they should be going, Oh crap. That's okay. Because I think a lot of people aren't aware, like maybe they don't know that they have a bad money mindset because if you've always lived the same way, you have no clue. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I'm always trying to tell people get friends from different areas of life, wealthy friends, Mm -hmm. friends who are are successful, whatever they do, just, just some different stuff. So you start hearing different things and you just all of a sudden go, Oh shit. Like I've been doing this wrong. Like I didn't know I was doing it wrong. And so what are some of those things where when people have that thought go off in their head, they should be going, Oh damn. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, okay. like, maybe I have a problem. Maybe there's something I should be looking into so that I can live a better life. Like the whole purpose is not to beat yourself up because that won't ever do anything. Yeah, the
1: shame spending. I, I love that phrase that you, I hope you've coined that shame spending. Like that's a Right. Power- Please, yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, so so what, what would be some of those things where people would go, okay, that's a mindset. I need to, okay. I, I got to turn a switch. I got to do something. I got to seek out help. I got to, I got to read a book. I got to something.
0: Yes. The number one thing is that more money is going to save you. And I was in this, right? Like we would always, I would do the, well, if we just won the lottery, then all this stress would go away. Now, granted, I would say that seriously and never actually play the lottery. So <laughs> Um, but people think that if you actually, if somebody handed you a million dollars, that all your problems are going to go away. But if you don't know how to manage ten dollars, you're not going to know how to manage a million dollars. So I think that there's this kind of misconception that more money is going to fix everything. But we're we're still we're making better money than we've ever made, and some of those old feelings still sneak in. And I think that is what kind of self reflecting of what are those feelings like. So if you're stressed out about money now, why? Like figure out why, because if you have more money, it's gonna just continue. I think that's a really great start. And my other thought is, okay, if you're someone
1: who is like budgets spending, I don't know what that means. Yes. I mean, I'm not a numbers person. Yeah, I'm not a I'm numbers quote. person. That yeah. that's always been me. I'm like, it's green, I'm good. Okay. Like, I don't know. Um, so if you're quote, not a numbers person and you work primarily with hairdressers who are not numbers people, you either really are and you love formulating, or you're absolutely not and you have pink hair. You know what I mean? You're right. like color, I don't know. <laughs> so what would you say to someone who's not a numbers person? Like, what's the first step so that you don't feel overwhelmed?
0: One, you don't have to be a numbers person. It's it's not. Nece- I mean, it's not necessarily a numbers game. It's a habit game. It's intentionality. You know, a lot of times, again, I was in that place where like I was just doing things unintentionally and didn't realize what where it was putting us in our future. So I think if we get away from this idea that numbers are complicated there's so many tools out there now that does the math for you. So not a numbers person is no longer an excuse period. It's just not. Um, so it's more about the habits. It's more about the awareness. So letting go of the idea that like, you know, you can't calculate numbers or numbers are scary, I think is going to be the first step because it has nothing to do with the numbers.
1: It's so true. You know, for me, and I'd love to know what tool you use for me as a not a numbers person, although I love looking at them because I'm like, yay, abundance more. Please, thank you. You know, um, I've had to shift my mindset around that because I grew up in a trailer park where we shopped on the clearance rack and we never ate out and you know, like Tatino's pizza. Okay. So I'm like oh, brings Trash.
2: memories. Trash. I mean, I
1: still you know, love me
0: some pizza rolls, so
1: <laughs> I mean, we're not mad about it, but um, <laughs> For me, the tool that I found is Mint and that is by Intuit and it's color-coded. It does all the budgets. You can set like parameters. And I feel like you said, there's no excuse now when we have tools that help us to see where our money's at, see what it's doing. How much are you spending? So what are some of the tools that you use and implement? Yeah, I I was going to say, I don't think you're using the envelopes, honey. So what have you you evolved to?
0: Actually, we could talk about that too, because at the beginning I tried that, but we'll come back to that. Um, so I actually do love Dave Ramsey's app. I am not a huge Dave Ramsey fan because I feel like he brings in a lot of the shame. I think he brings in a lot of restriction, um, which is why people struggle with consistency, which is another topic we can get into, but his app is the easiest I've tried mint. I've tried, um, you need a budget, but if you are scared of budgeting or you are scared of quote unquote, the numbers, every dollar is what it's called. You can do it for free, or you can pay to have your stuff, um, but it is simple. It is you put in how much you make, you put in where you're going to spend it. That's it. So if you are intimidated by a lot going on, um, I would definitely recommend every dollar for sure. Mm-hmm. And one day I'll make my own app. But that's
2: another there we app. go. There you we heard go. it
0: here on the Elevated Life. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so I want to ask you. Everybody likes talking about manifesting. I mean, it's hard to get into a conversation where someone doesn't want to talk about what they're what they're dreaming about and all this kind of stuff. And then we always have a hard time talking about money right after that, which is weird because a lot of times the manifesting, you you need some jingle. The other aspect that I find a lot of people have difficulty with, especially after we went, we had a couples retreat, we learned this more, is that having that conversation with your partner is way difficult. As a matter of fact, money is one of the top things people actually, it's not cheating. A lot of people think it's cheating is the number one reason for divorce. And that's, that's not correct. Money typically is the, the number one reason because we don't sit, we don't have the same value lines. We don't. How do you start to have that conversation? How do you say like, hey, we're screwing everything up. We're never going to have our dreams. If we keep up this path. Like
1: I'm not going to stop buying pink sparkly
2: shoes. <laughs> yes. So so how do you start to invite the other person into that conversation without pissing everybody off, without tanking a relationship? Like, how do you start to communicate? What, what, what's the way you're telling your partner? Like, we got to focus. Like we got to, it's time to like get down and focus on this.
0: I love this question. Um, I actually work with my one-on-one clients a lot with this conversation because I think that we forget that you are taking two money stories and you are combining them into a household. So I always recommend the first step is not to sit down and do a budget, not to sit down and look at your bank accounts. The first step is to ask questions. What did you grow up seeing, right? Right. What about money scares you? What about money do you love? Like start to understand where the other one is coming from is gonna be step one. I mean, just, you have to figure out, like my husband very much has, he does not like to spend money, right? Like he will spend under $10, nobody like like every day, you know what I mean? Like to him, that's like, doesn't really count. And then I will spend, you know, a lot more cause I like clothes and whatnot. And it will equal out. So in his mind, I'm spending more when in actuality, we're actually spending the same just in a different way. So I think, you know, and he has this, like, that's everything's going to get taken away from us feeling because that's what he saw when he was growing up, where I've always said, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. So we would clash in that way because I'd be like, no, we can just spend this. It's fine. And he'll be like, no, we can't. That's a scary number. <laughs> like, so we had to sit down and figure out why we felt that way. Because of what we saw growing up and then how we could move forward, you know, from there. So I think it's really important to know what money stories you're working with first. And number two is knowing that you're going to value things differently. This is a big one. You know, I would, well, why can't I just, why can't I just go to Costco and buy whatever it is that you're buying at 7-Eleven every morning? Like, why do you have to spend this, you know, $6.50 every morning? What I realized is that there was something about the routine of him leaving early in the morning to go to work and going with all these other, you know, people that are, that are going to wherever the shipyard, wherever they're working, you know, getting coffee with the, like he valued that routine in the morning. I can't tell him that's wrong. Like, it's not putting us on the streets, you know, just like he can't tell me I want some Lululemon, like, oh, uh, can't talk today. Lululemon leggings every once in a while. You know what I mean? So I think understanding where our money stories come from and then understanding um, what we value and that things are going to be different and and figuring out a balance.
2: Yeah, I, I think it, it sounds like us. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah definitely. I mean, we, have, we have totally different. And that's something that, you know, I've had to learn because Brit is going to spend. And I think it's important to realize that people are going to spend frivolously on the things that they love. Yes, but, but but for me the the, the 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 really important thing is to not have not love everything, you mm-hmm. know. Because if you're spending high end on the food, just spending high end on the travel, you're high end on the place that you live, high end on exotic whatever you want to do, it gets costly really fast. And unless you're just printing money with whatever business you're doing, that's that's going to be tough. What I found for me is like there are certain things that I want, and I will spend. I don't care what it costs because the right. value will always be there for me. But everything else, like I mean. I I like cooking beans in the instant pot. You know, it's like I'm cheap when it comes to other things. But for the for the most part, and and I had to learn that because we're massively, massively different. Like Britt wants to, we want to have balloon parties and you know, all all the stuff. (laughs) Like how fancy can it look? How much can we shoot fireworks off? Like it's all that stuff. And to me, I'm like, well, I don't value that, but because of her excitement, I now do. And so I start to see the value. I get excited with her because if, if you watch your person be dreamy about something and you rain on their parade and you're shitty about it and they have a crappy time because you they went on it you spent big on a vacation the whole time you're like we spent so much and that's you saying that the whole time you're on vacation mm-hmm. there's no intimacy at night there's no you know you're not connecting you you build up that wall so I think it's so good for people to start communicating with their partner like hey I really like these things and I realize you like those and they're different and that's mm-hmm. totally okay. We can still have a great life being different.
1: So what are some of the practices that people can adopt or the mindset or the habit that you talked about that they can start to adopt to one, build that abundance mindset and two, get them to break their spending habits?
0: Mm -hmm. Start paying attention, like really, really paying attention. Like even what you were just saying, right? Like, like, why do you value those things? Like what? Like really why? Because sometimes I'll be talking with a client and we'll be talking something out and they will learn that it's not necessarily the thing that they value. It's whatever the feeling is that that thing has given them. And then they realize that there's actually other ways to get that feeling that's actually probably going to last a little bit longer. And it's not going to have that stress around the money. I use an example of uh, one of my clients. She was a, you know, every day, get the coffee, right? Um, Big topic in the hair world, right? (laughs) And it wasn't that she wanted the Starbucks coffee. She bought an espresso machine at her house. Like she had a night, like coffee that she loved at her house she did not want to wash another mug that that is what she realized she said i actually was buying it because i wanted to drink my coffee and throw it away so then she just bought disposable mugs <laughs> so i she figured what, that she out alternative yes and i'm not saying don't don't buy the coffee by any means if you love the coffee buy the coffee but she realized that that was an expense that she had out of in her mind, convenience, but there was another way to do it, right? So I think really pinpointing kind of why you do what you do, like really why, like like really, really dig into it and then figure out other ways. And if it's something, I, I always say the, the maybe um, tomorrow challenge, right? So like you want to buy something, I'm gonna go, you know what, I'm just going to buy this tomorrow. And then the next day comes, you're either going to stop thinking about it are going to think about it again. Well, you know what? I'm going to wait till tomorrow. By the end of the week, if you're thinking about it every day, go buy it. <laughs> like,
1: we did you know? that one month with our Amazon purchases. We're like, let's just not click buy now every day. Let's yes. just add to the cart. And at the end of the month, see like, what was this a high purchase or do we actually need it? <laughs> and what happens? Um, well a little bit of both. Sometimes it is actual, like legit things. And then there's an occasional times where like, well, that was cute, but that was, that was a fun idea, but not necessary. You know, I
2: would say realistically, it's probably 20 to 30%. If you're going to buy 10 items per month, I bet you have two to three things in there that you're just like, Eh. So I, I saw that on an ad. i, I watched that on a TV infomercial. It's, Unless
1: it's the shine from the inside Oracle deck, <laughs> then you're more than welcome to keep that in your cart. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> it, it's funny because it, it's little tricks like that that really make a big difference in your life. Though it's doing those kind of small things like you're mentioning because people think it's overcomplicated. People think that you have to be a CPA to make money or to understand money. You got to take these crazy classes and stuff like that. It's really not true. I mean, and the whole the whole thing of like you know you want to spend less than you earn, you know, it's kind of those like basic principles that you have down there, save a little bit extra each month, but people get wild about stuff. I love that you mentioned the fact that a lot of times our behaviors, we don't know the root causes of, I I find that to be true. Anytime that I work with a client, they're like, Oh, this it's a symptom. Normally what you do, the habit that you have is a symptom of the way you think it's not the way you think. And so it's, it's amazing. You said like, she didn't want to, she didn't want to wash a cup I find that happens so often. And the, the, the best thing that we, we have that we've ever done, especially for money talks, is to get outside, mm-hmm. you, know, get outside and talk about it, you know, so that you're not facing each other. It's not confrontational. And when, when you start the conversation off, I always like to start off saying, listen, I want us both to succeed. I want us to not only both succeed. I want people to write books about how much we succeeded together. How can we do that based on where we are right now? So I'm not like, hey, you've been screwing up all month, wasting my dreams away, because it's not an attack. But a lot of people come confrontation like that. They get in a closed in space like a car and they just beat their partner down or they do it at dinner or in front of their friends. And like, we're not doing that at that time. We're only talking yeah. about cool shit. I'm only talking about serious stuff on the walks. Like the walks is where we do the serious talking. Once we get inside, it's back to what we're normally doing. But I yes. think it's so important for people to start scheduling. We have a schedule. I mean, we walk every day. So these conversations happen a lot. But when we didn't, it's at least once a week. This isn't yep. something we're waiting six months down the road. So one of us can be pissed off for six months. That's crazy. If you're, well, eating-
0: And I love that you say that too, because I feel like a lot of times we have this idea that the money conversation is going to be stressful, right? So why not schedule it and say, hey, we're going to talk about money on this day. Next week, we are going to talk about money so that both of you go into it, knowing the conversation. And I love that you say, get outside. Like I always say, make it enjoyable. If you grew up seeing your parents sitting at the dining room table, looking at their checkbook and being upset. Do not sit at the dining room table and do that. Go buy a fire pit, grab a drink, go to your favorite restaurant, go for a walk. Like I call it a money date because that's what it should be. Put money all around you while you're doing it. So you fill a (laughs) bunch.
2: I mean, this is a business expense, you know, this is a business expense. Exactly. let's do it.
1: So how often are you checking in? Because you know out of the two of us, I don't know that like, have you ever even opened our bank account? Do you even know our password? You know what I mean? Like, so there's always usually one person that's managing the money. How do you, how do you speak to that if you're in a partnership?
0: Yes. So I always say at the beginning, if this is not a topic that you've dove into yet, start doing it more frequently. So maybe like once a week, once every two weeks, you know, just kind of depending on where you're at. But like my husband and I, we know the last weekend of every month, that's when we sat down and we talk about our next month's goals. Yep. So we are now at once a month, but it didn't start that way. I mean, really at the beginning, we were probably weekly sitting down and figuring things out because we were still figuring it all out. So you've got to give yourself some grace. Like you're learning, it's something new. It's something you've never done before. And it's going to feel uncomfortable having the conversation, having the conversation, you know, doing the habit shifts, like all of those things. So yeah, at the beginning, a little bit more, and then you can kind of get into whatever flow works best for you as a couple.
2: Um, and the, the other thing that I recommend too, just because we're, we're talking about being with a couple and it's just like, it's it's a different dynamic. You know, when, you, when, you're, when you're dealing with people, especially people have a lot of emotions that come about money. They can be very visceral all of a sudden, and you're like having a normal conversation. They're just totally freaking out over there. I yeah. want- <laughs> just
1: picture like a spider monkey. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> one, of, one of the things that I like to do if there's a topic that I want us to be talking about or that I want us to be interested in but I don't want to like actually come out and say it I want to I'll go through somebody's program that way none of the ideas are mine we're only doing things together and that person on the damn screen will cuss them and we'll throw stuff at the tv if that's what what it is but it's not gonna be the two of us so it's so much easier if you're like hey, I really want to explore this with you. Is this something that you'd like to do? And if so, my friend recommended this program and I've got it. Would you like to sit down at night, maybe just for 30 minutes to an hour and go through this with me? I think it really benefit us in the future. I said, we just, we just walked into a different conversation. We walked into a space where we can both grow because we can both learn. And I think that it's in, it's in that learning process where we make the changes because when you're presented with better information, it's so difficult for you to go, nah, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to do it that crappy way. We, we've been yep. struggling. We'll just keep on a struggle bus. You know, we just may as well just right. keep failing it. So I think it's so, it's so beneficial to sit down and have these convos.
0: Well, once you take on new information, it now becomes a choice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know.
1: And speaking of information and education, I'm sure just like our Aquarian here, you dove into tons of books and courses and education around money because you don't become a money coach and not immerse yourself in the understanding of money. So are there certain books that just are at the top of your bookshelf? Like for us, Think and Grow Rich is like one of the number one. When we talk about money mindset, that's just that comes up in conversation all the time. What is that book for you or that? Yes, course?
0: I, happy Money. Is Absolutely. been so far my favorite. It has nothing to do with budgets. It has nothing like it is just all like mindset around money. Have y'all read this book?
1: No, no. Highly
0: recommend it. Ken Honda, I believe is the author. Yes. Ken Honda. Um, and it talks about Energy, right? The energy of money and the exchange of money and having every energy exchange be happy. So it talks about, for example, when you get a bill in the mail for your electric bill, rather than having this stress you out because it's a bill and people are just subject to be stressed out when they get a bill that we're going to have probably forever. (laughs) is that what is this bill giving you? Right. It's giving me a comfortable home. It's giving me AC in the summertime. Like, so you thank it. Right. So it's happy money. I'm happy to pay this. I'm happy to have this comfort, but then you have a shitty client behind the chair, you know, and they hand you money and that's not happy money, you know? So I think it's a great book to kind of give you like a little bit of of a perspective ship or ship, around your mindset on money. I apologize. I cannot speak today. Um, Also, um, Atomic Habits. It has nothing to do with money, but I love that book for really anything that you need to shift in your life because it reminds you that it doesn't have to be this big grand thing. It can be these tiny 1% shifts every day that add up. So I would say a little, those two together are like, great. (laughs)
1: I really like that you bring up that, you know, one person's $100 is not equivalent to another person's $100 because I learned that working behind the chair with a lot of stripper prostitute clientele, they paid a lot of cash, but it came with a lot of stress. And there was a shift that I made in my career that I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Like my life has now been threatened at some point. I've had the police involved. This is not, I'm a hairdresser. Like, what am I getting myself into? And I had to make a very courageous choice to say, I'm going to say no to this stream of massive income because it's causing so much stress. So how would you give advice to people on like, on recognizing like, okay, well, I'm staying at this job because it pays me a lot of money, but I'm not happy. How do you speak to people who are afraid to make those career jumps and changes because the money, because well, how that money's not guaranteed, or I make a lot at this shit job, but I know I really want to go do this. How do you coach someone through that transition?
0: Mm, what if it could be easier? Like, what if you could let go of something that's actually holding whatever it is back—money, your happiness. What if you could let go of it to let the money come in, or let the great business come in, or you know, whatever. Um, especially with clients, right? Like, how can I get clients that I love that? pay my prices that respect me if I filled my books with clients who don't and money that doesn't make me happy. So I think that we always think about what we're going to lose, but we need to start remembering what we can actually gain. I think that's a big one.
2: (laughs) I I love this conversation because we're, we're starting to move from what's it look like to have a scarcity mindset versus what's it look like to have an abundance mindset. Can you talk about like what the actual feeling is? Because Most people live in scarcity mindset. That's the vast, 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 vast majority of people about everything in their life, not just money. About relationships, about their job potentials, about their opportunities, about everything. It's amazing what people do when it switches. Can you talk about what that looks like when someone kind of crosses over that threshold and, and just realizes, holy smokes, we actually just print money and they're just numbers on a screen. And, you know, yes, it's, yeah,
0: it's,
2: it's just a thing. It's not something that's a, a Goliath out there that we've got to go battle. It's just a part of life. And we, we want to dance with it versus fight it. Can you talk about what that like abundance mindset, how your life starts to shift, like maybe how you're thinking or, or what you're experiencing in life as you do that?
0: oh, I love this. So this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, because you think about certain conversations that I used to have, or certain people I used to surround myself with. And it was always this like, oh my God, inflation, like everything's so expensive. Like it was this constant, like everything is expensive. Um, I'll never be able to afford this. How did that, how is that person charging this? How is that person buying this? And then you surround yourself with people who are, are, buying those things and doing those things and proud of them and show, you know, and it's a big energy shift at the end of the day, that piece of paper, that money it's, that's all it is, is a piece of paper It is literally nothing without a belief, nothing. And we have just decided that this piece of paper is going to be a huge part of our lives when, however many years ago. (laughs) Um, so I think when we, when we start having these thoughts in our head, And I think that they still come up. I still have them from time to time, but now I can kind of coach myself out of them, right? We have these thoughts in our head. Well, there's not enough. Well, money doesn't grow on trees. All these things that we grew up hearing, a lot of us anyway. Um, And we start going, is it true? Is it true? If I needed money right now, if I needed you know, $500 by the end of the week, like, what could I do to get it? And I could, oh, I could sell things around my house. I could drive for Uber. Like when you really, really put facts behind it and not just like, listen to these like negative thoughts in your head constantly, what is the truth? And I think that for me and for a lot of my clients is what has shifted because they take the emotion out of this piece of paper. Because at the end of the day, debt is bad, right? A lot of us have grown up with debt is bad. Is it? It's a tool. It's a neutral tool. You get to decide if it's good or bad. So that would be my answer on that one.
2: You know, You know. I love that because do you remember that I was it? Is it fight club where he pulls a guy out of the convenience store, puts a gun to his head and said, you know, what do you want to be? What do you want to do in your life? And the guy tells him, he goes, well, you're not doing that. I'm going to come back by here. And if you're not doing those successful things, I'm going to use this gun on you. And sometimes what we don't realize is that we have to take our beliefs and we have to take them out in the field and we have to whoop their ass. I mean, sometimes yeah. <laughs> you have to go out there and do that. You have to be like, because we don't realize they control our lives. All those beliefs that we have are, are the, the, the invisible prisons that we surround ourselves in. And so sometimes you got to get out there and be like, look, what the hell are we doing, man? Like what? this? There's no way this is going to work. We cannot this this same day, which leads me into which leads me into the next thing, which is you mentioned earlier consistency. The importance of consistency, of being able to do it day to day, which many of us screw up on because we want everything so quickly. Even though we are great manifestors, we lack the patience to watch it come to fruition. Can you talk about the importance of consistency and how that plays into people's money?
0: Yes. Oh, my goodness. Consistency equals trust, right? It doesn't equal perfection. <laughs> A perfect example is the week that we cut up our credit cards and we said, this is it. We're, we're getting on a spending plan. You know, we're, we're getting our financial shit together. I knew that I had a, like, um, it was like a charity walk or something with some friends. And I knew that they were going to ask to go to brunch after, and it was not in our spending plan at the time, literally the week we started this. And I told my husband, I said, I'm going to go on the walk and they're going to ask me to brunch. I'm going to say no. So that's exactly what I did. I was so proud of myself. I walked to the car and there was a $20 parking ticket on my car and it fucking rocked me. I mean, I called my husband hysterical crying, $20, first of all, $20, not that much, but it brought up so much emotion of, I'm do, I, we can't do this. This is never going to work for us. It validated all of the fears and limiting beliefs and why we weren't already doing it, like validated it immediately. And at that moment, I could have called him and said, you know what? Call the credit card companies, get our credit cards back. We can't do this. This isn't this, we're just not meant for this. But instead I had my cry and then I just kept going. I mean, it's $20, like it's not a big deal. But I think a lot of times we are constantly finding validation of why it's not going to work. So, okay, I have the spending plan. Well, my tires, you know, I need new tires okay, you know what, this isn't going to work. This is, this is just not meant for me. When in actuality, there's just those little things that you just have to figure out. And then every time you figure them out, you trust yourself a little bit more. And then you just stay consistent a little bit more. So I think this idea of consistency has to be perfect. And it has to be perfection is why a lot of us stop because the moment we're validated in our fears, we're like, this isn't meant for me. And that is not true.
1: Yeah, I think messy consistent action is the is the upgraded um, rule here. Is it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done so that you can build that habit.
2: Yeah, this reminds me when when people see us out and about. Like Britt and I get along really well. I mean, like our, our relationship is. I, I there's nothing that I would change about it. People are like, "Well, how do I do a relationship like yours?" And I always want to tell them for the first year and a half, just fight nonstop. Just make <laughs> it suck. Whatever you can think of that would be bad, say that to each other. Throw each other's stuff in the hallway. Try to run each other with cars. Throw a knife at tell the them. Person. Everything. So, <laughs> what, what people don't realize is that when you when you enter into anything, especially in the beginning, your ego is going to flare up a lot. And your mind is going to looking to go say, "Hey, Change is tough because I have to pay attention when we change because that means I have to do things differently and habits are so much easier because we all fall into them and then our body just wants to play them out because it's, it's, it's simple it, we use less energy is actually what it is our body is trying to conserve energy because when you repeat the same thing there's no extra energy involved in thinking through it all. And so oftentimes what we do is we screw up everything because we're so concerned with what our habits are and where our habits have been and staying complacent and not changing when all we really had to do is just go, the, the thing that changed our relationship was one day, both of us had just had enough. Like we've been fighting about nothing. It was always stupid shit. You know, it was never like something major and important It's always well right. like, well, I didn't like the it's way like that $20. Yeah. yeah. It's that $20 <laughs> Exactly. Thing. And, and one, we just, we were like right in the middle of it. And both of us kind of looked at each other. And the, at the same time, we're like. I'm over this fighting thing. Like, why do we can we? Why don't we just get on the same team? Like, why why don't we just help with all this effort and energy that we're doing to destroy ourselves? What if we just use it to build each other up? Like imagine we did that for a second. And it's the same way in everything else because the beginning is always going to prevent you or uh, present you with obstacles. There's going to be more obstacles on the way. If you have any kind of dream whatsoever, the beginning is always the hardest.
1: Yeah, cuz you're going to get what you focus on and that's the fear and then you realize you made it through the fear and it's not so bad so you can change that gives you permission to change your shitty mindset that you're like, "Oh, well, it really wasn't that bad. I did get the parking ticket and I paid it and we kept on going." And so it makes you build trust in yourself, which I just love that you said consistency equals trust because right before you said that I was going to say something along the lines of how you have to trust yourself in this process so the fact that you brought it up because when I was listening to you talk about how do people make that transition of like I'm gonna leave behind this high-paying job that brings me a lot of stress and go towards something that I love it requires enormous amounts of trust and that was something that wasn't shared until later in the conversation so I think it's perfect that full circle came back that when you build that confidence in yourself through consistency, trust is a natural byproduct. So you just continue to make those bold, risky moves that always seem to pan out. And if they don't, you learn an easy lesson and you carry on and, and move on again.
2: Yeah. So so how would you say, because money is so easy to think of the short term, because we think of that bill like, oh my gosh, i got to pay that off. You think the, the next thing that happens, oh my gosh, i got to pay that off. So we're so fixated on the short term how do we move the mind from always thinking about either what's going on today or what's going on this month for thinking about, but what are we doing in like five or 10 years? How do we shift that perspective to go long-term? Because when you have a long-term perspective, your day-to-day actions are different. And you've gotta be, like you said, you gotta be disciplined. You gotta tell your friends like, hey. I can't do this right now. There's not, there's just not working You work can it for go me. to
1: brunch, just don't order anything. You know, right? <laughs> you have know, take the fun out of it. Like uh, us going vegan, we went out to eat with our family for years and never ordered a damn thing, but I didn't want to limit myself from that experience. So I think there's a balance even in budgeting yourself and limiting yourself and spending. It doesn't mean like be restrict yourself or be miserable like you were talking about earlier. You
2: know? Yeah, also uh, people oftentimes think that if, if they change anything, life's suddenly going to suck. So if I don't go out with my friends now, I won't have any friends. No one's going to like me. No one's going to call me anymore and invite me anywhere. And that's not true, but you have to put yourself out there in friendships and relationships and business and anything you have to continuously exert yourself into your group or they will forget about you because that's, that's how you build stuff. But it's like, my friends aren't, you know, we're not, we're not doing anything right now. Then you need to start inviting them over. Like you need to start going out and doing stuff. Like it's up to us. Like no one is there's, superheroes are something that happened in comic books. Like we're the real superheroes. You're not
0: going to win the lottery if you don't play. Exactly. Well, and habits aren't just where you're spending your money. Habits are the one friend that every time she calls you and says, what are you doing? You meet at a restaurant. So what if that one day that, that going out to eat isn't within your spending plan, which you know, spending plan actually gives you permission to spend, but say, I did not give myself permission this month to spend it. And me say, Hey, actually, I'd love for you to come over and have brunch at my house. I'm, you know, I've got some goals I'm trying to work on. You don't even have to say that. And then she go, Oh my gosh, I'm actually trying to save some money. I'd love to do that. Like switching that habit. Like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be just about where you're spending your money. It can be about the habit of, you know, of of fighting, right? Of a relationship. Say all your relationships have always been fighting and stressful, you know, and y'all change the habit of fighting. <laughs> so I think that we have to think about it like that. Like it's more than just where your money is going. At the end of the day, this whole conversation is about so much more than money. So mm-hmm. much more than money. Money is just a byproduct of this conversation.
1: You know, we went to Brendan Bruchard's Experts Academy many years ago. And one of the things that he said that has always stuck with me is that money moves your message. And that was a beautiful like permission to open myself up to receive more because it's not about me getting more shoes, which I have plenty. It's about me now getting to share those pink sparkly shoes and self-love with thousands of other people in a different, in a different capacity. So I think it's so important for us to recognize the why behind why we're even calling in abundance. Why do we even want more money? Why? Like, what is, you mentioned that in the beginning, why, why did this, why do we think this way? Where did this come from? And I think the same is true for, you know, why do we have a negative mindset, but also why do we want more money? One of the exercises that Chris and I did many years ago when we were rebuilding our money mindset, because we both came from very um, poor families, like, let's just be real. Um, And one of the exercises that we did was this, imaginary bank account where every day you deposited a certain amount of money, right? It starts with a thousand and then you double it and then you double it, double it, double it. But the trick is you have to spend the money every day. You don't get to like mm-hmm. keep it in savings. That was the biggest trick for me. Cause like, oh great. I've got $1 million in my fake bank account. woohoo! But the, the, the exercise was actually to spend the money to show you where would that money even go? And when we got to about $10,000, I was like, I don't even know what to do it now. I'm just donating. I'm hitting donate. I'm just like right. writing donate. I'm like, I just need a new MacBook and we're good. Like, well, that's it. You know? So I think when you start to do little exercises like that, you realize the answer isn't more money. It's what will this, what feeling will this bring me? What experience will this bring me? And so many times it's not the money that we need to get the experience. Just like you talked about earlier. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've had conversations with friends that will say, I really want to get to this point and they'll be talking and I'll be like, but you do that now. Like, you're you're at that point, and they they're like, oh, you're right. Like it's I don't even think we realize how far we've come sometimes, you know. Oh, uh, and it's so interesting too is like the thing that you want you have to realize that you've never been there before. So like this neighborhood, I've never lived in this neighborhood before. It's all I had ever wanted, right? We get it, great. I was so uncomfortable for the first two years. My husband and I thought someone was just going to come take our house every time someone in the neighborhood asked us what we did for a living, especially me, I would feel less than, and it was like this discomfort that we don't realize. So it's not just about getting the thing you want. It's about being comfortable in that space. So like, you know, I had to be like, no, I am worthy of this. Like we worked hard for this, just like the person who went to college or, or have rich parents or, you know, whatever, like if anything, we deserve it more, you know, I had to like, get myself comfortable. And I think that we, we forget that, you know, it's like, oh, I want a million dollars a year. Okay. What are you going to do with it? Like you said, what are you going to do with it? Would, would you even be comfortable with that? Like, would you like, would it, you, you really have, it's all, this is all self-care, right? It's all like self-reflection. It's all um, it's the ultimate self-care at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. That you brought up, I think one of the most important points that everyone neglects to understand. And that is that our self-image matters so much. Because even if you get your dreams, your self-image will tell you, that's not for us. I'm not
1: someone who, who has those things. And
2: so, you know, it, it's great that you that you moved on from that because a lot of people don't. And right. so they, they end up going, well, I worked so hard. And so I gained all this stuff only to watch it just slip through my fingers. I lost it in lawsuits. I lost it. I, I pissed it away doing this dumb thing. I did bad investments. Well, I
1: literally had an assistant in my salon tell me all the time I can never have nice things. And it was a joke because she would constantly drop or break <laughs> iPad, watch, <laughs> this, Everything. that all the time and it was because the story she was telling herself was really manifesting in her life although it was a funny joke and I think a lot of us try to protect ourselves with sarcasm um, that joke ended up being her reality and she would break every high-end luxury expensive thing she would finally invest in so I at one point I was like okay we're gonna have to change your story and that's what I'm hearing in this conversation is that just like self-care and self-love we are only as strong as the story we tell ourselves so if our story around abundance or worthiness to receive or being someone who's um you know the fear of success and the fear of failure all in the same token like people have both at the same time like we've okay. got to recognize the stories that we tell ourselves and i think you're you're so right about the awareness first like just take a look witness that's the first thing we do when we change our negative self-talk is witness what are the negative stories you tell yourself when you're getting ready in the mirror or you're about to go in for an interview i think it's the awareness that creates the opportunity for change and like you said once you know it's a choice and that's your free will. And I think that's one of the most powerful liberating things that we could know is that everything in our life really does boil down to our choice.
2: Do, do you have any kind of like phrase that you tell yourself? I know for me, Someone asked me years ago,
1: but loves me and they want to give me their money. Is that you know, mind.
2: I mean, because you, you I, I love like the little affirmations like that, just to kind of get your mindset like before, before we cheat, cheese up, right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just part of our rituals. And so someone, when we were talking to somebody, when it was we were talking, in the elevated life club and they're, you know, on deep, deep on the whole money mindset thing, which is for a rabbit hole for so many people. And I yeah. said, well, my belief is people love me. And they wanna give me their money. So whenever I present something or when I pitch, you know, to a client and maybe something super expensive, it doesn't matter. They already love me, they already want what I have. I'm gonna solve a lot of their problems, I'm gonna benefit them. Hell, I should charge double, probably. I mean, at least at a minimum. And right. so but when you have that presence with people, you relax. I'm right. like. Are you are you liking what I'm wearing? Is it did I show up good enough? Is my, is my voice doing okay? Who cares? I have what you need. Let me show it to you. I got it right back here. Let's walk back over here and let me show you. It's it's right. just it's so different. Do you have anything that you tell yourself, or any kind of affirmation or any kind of phrase like that, that that you've used?
0: Is it true? Is it true? I literally, I think daily when my any thought, not even just money, comes in and I will literally sit there and go, is this true? No, this is not true, Misty. And it still may sit there. But it's not true, so I don't feel it like I used to feel it. I, you know what I mean? It doesn't give me it. I'm not. I don't get anxious that much, that often anymore. You know, unless like a speaking gig or something. But like, which you shouldn't of, even waste one ounce of energy. Right. <laughs> you're a phenomenal person. We've well, seen you,
2: and you killed it. I mean, well, thank you. Vomit. I no. thought I was going to
0: vomit for like three hours before that, but thank you.
2: <laughs> I still remember that font you used. You know, shit, I, know right? I, I leaned over to Britt. I'm like, hey, um. What font is that? That's good font right there. It's good. You know,
0: I haven't changed it because of that.
2: <laughs> I'm telling you, it, you know, when, when you start listening to a lot of speakers and stuff like that, little shit makes a difference. I'm like, man, that's easy to read. I'm yeah. very confident with. He's the- always getting on. I cannot read that cursive writing, Dave. Yeah. I can't see it. <laughs> but, you know, so funny. Speaking about that too, you know, you, you're talking about specifically for you. You're talking about such an important topic. Like there's so many people who need this conversation because it is one of those things that we push away. You know, so it's like the topic of, of intimacy or sex, kind of things where we're like,
0: uh, uh, people would rather talk about sex than money. There's
2: I like, totally believe like a that. statistic out there and I'm I like t- I, t- I totally t- believe, believe that and and, it, and it's so wild because we are we all love money. It's not I'm not I'm never like eh, you know, like, let's get rid of it. Let's just burn it up. I don't want any more. I'm I'm never throwing it out in garbage bags. I'm always trying to be like, hey, let's get that magnet turned on. Let's get more. And and it's so wild that we can't just open up and be like, hey, what do we do? Like, what do do we have? What what are we doing about money? I I love the self-worth conversation because I feel like so, so often the thoughts that we have in our head and the things that prevent us from really being successful, at least in our own eyes, comes from that self-worth problem, you know? And it's, what's weird is that, what we mentioned earlier, it's that you, you you didn't come in with that. Somebody taught you that along the way, or you accepted that from some authority figure or somebody in your life. Or you just came to that belief. And I think it's so important that as we get older as adults, besides the fact that you know we got to start handling our own shit, we have to realize that those stories are now ours. And so if we want to rewrite them, we can. People gave them to us and we use them as kids, use them as teenagers because we had to. We didn't know how to write our own. We didn't know that there were other things out in, in life. We didn't, we didn't know that there were other possibilities. But now as adults, we know. Like we've been around people who are successful. To your point, talking about, you know, the last few years have been crazy for a lot of people. I get that. A lot, a lot of businesses have closed, a lot of people, especially small businesses have taken a tank. We got a friend who's bought a Lamborghini. He bought a brand new G-Wagon. Dude bought a Bentley. And you know, just having conversations with him, you're like, well. Is it raining money? Maybe is it not raining right here? Is it raining like over where you're living? It's, it's right. so important to get around people who just think differently. And it yes. doesn't necessarily have to be around dollars. It doesn't have to be around politics, anything. Just start getting new information. Those new ideas, because you can be like, oh man, this has been tough. People are not spending money. And your home dude paying cash for a brand new car and wanting to buy an even more expensive car just because he has the extra space in his garage. You're like, holy shit, people are spending money. Yep. Like people are spending it. You go out to the restaurants, they're not empty. Right. There's reservations. There's a place I want to go right now, but we have to wait. Yeah. People are spending money. So it's it's, just a, story. it's yep. just a story. And when you bring the story into any kind of environment where you're talking to somebody, anytime you bring that story in, you've now set the expectation of boundaries. You're saying, I'm expecting them not to spend money. I'm expecting me to go home feeling like crap. I'm expecting for this, this conversation not to go well. But if you just walked in there and said, you know what? Let's see what happens. The hell? We don't know. Let's just, let's just find out. It's so different to live that way. Yes, you know?
1: Stay curious. Yes. Oh, I love that. That reminds me so much of when I was going pro in my hair salon, when I was like, I'm ready to like up level my service, my experience, all of the things I started carrying color proof, which is a luxury hair care line that One of their bottles is $105 for shampoo. And it's like, holy fuck balls. Like, I don't even think I would spend that to be honest. Like, that's not my spending story. And I'm telling Chris, like all those, I like, I can't carry this. This is so expensive. He's like, but it's what you want. It's vegan. It's clean. It's non-tox. It's everything you've been asking for. I'm like, but will people even buy this? And Chris said to me, who are you to decide how other people spend their money? And that changed everything for me. I bought the entire line. I invested. I took the risk. I had trust. And I'll be damned, like that sells like hotcakes. Like I sell it to people on my online for, you know. Well, if you
0: came into my salon and I just went, oh, you probably won't be able to afford the shampoo and conditioner. You would be offended, right? So offended. You know, and I think we forget that. Like we put our money stories on other people. Like, I don't want to spend a lot of money on my hair. I'm very low maintenance, right? But that doesn't mean I'm not going to charge what I need to charge in my business. But stylists do it it all the time, you know? And they're like, well, I'm not going to charge this because I wouldn't spend that. And it's like, yeah, but you're, because you don't want your hair like that. Like, I don't want extensions. So I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars on extensions. But if I did extensions, great. Like, you know,
1: (laughs) You know, the word appreciate means to make more of. So when you talked about the book, Happy Money, I can only imagine that it talks about using that happiness and appreciation of like, this brings me more of the things that I want. And when we appreciate our money, we make more of it. When we appreciate the love and support in our life, when we appreciate our confidence and worth and all of that. One thing I want to circle back to about it pertaining to appreciation is once you've healed your money story. You've cleared some of your debt. You're starting to get into the groove of like, okay, I know how to manage my money. I know how to set up these spending plans, which I love that you call it that and not budgeting. It sounds like so much sexier. Um, how do you build that long-term financial wealth? Once you aren't in the like, holy shit, throw it in the sinking ship. That's debt. You know, like how, where are you, where do you move your money to start making to appreciate the money so that you don't have to work so hard?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a question for the investors. Uh, Brett Fellows, Unchained from the Chair, highly recommends connecting with him. Um, He helps in the investment area. But I think knowing what you want, right? Like a lot of people are like, all right, well, I'm going to get my financial shit together and I'm just going to save. Well, money just sitting in a savings account isn't helping you either. So I think knowing exactly what you want out of your life and then putting your money where it needs to go for that. Like, great, you want an emergency fund? Awesome. Have how much you want in there, fill it until it hits there and then move that money somewhere else. Um, but investing is not my not my forte. So sure. yeah, yeah,
1: appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think it's so smart. You really brought up an, an incredible point is that money does like movement. It needs intention behind it. So when people are like, well, I just want more money. Well, how much and for what? And I'll never forget working with one of my clients. She had gone to beauty school and quit halfway through, became a teacher, a softball coach was going down that path and was really finding herself not loving life. And she said, you know what? I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to trust. I'm going to go back to school. And she's budgeting. She's doing the planning. She's trying to figure out like, I only have three months to make this happen. And then I got to go back and teach and I can only do so much. And, all the things, right. She had just bought a brand new lime green Camaro that she ended up selling off so that she could like make better choices, but she Mm -hmm. decided I'm going to, I'm putting in all the work I'm doing all this action. And she was taking the consistent action to ready herself for that opportunity. And I'll never forget. I shared with her, you know, how about you call in exactly how much you need for what you need it? Not just like, I just don't have enough money or I just need more money. Like, what if we got really specific? Like I need $20,000 to invest in Tony and guy hair beauty Academy so that I can become a hairdresser and fulfill my life dreams, like as much intention and emotion behind it as possible. And I kid you not within that same week, She freaking won a Tony and guy scholarship to go to cosmetology school. Didn't even have to pay the money. So a a lot of the times it's not the money that we need. It's the habit. It's the action. It's the belief. It's the intentionality. It's the, all the other things besides the money that you have to be ready and prepared for. And the universe often rewards that through opportunities that don't necessarily mean like, here's the exact dollar amount, go get it. Chris asked, he was like, I don't want to pay for CrossFit anymore, but I'd love to manifest it for free. I'm like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do
2: that?
1: CrossFit? Yeah, right. Within the week, they asked Chris and I to become mobility uh, yoga teachers for the class one, one class out of the week. And we would get free memberships like done. It's not always the money that people that you need for the things that you want. You just have to get clear. And I think you're so right about just what is it that you even want? Because we might be hard to make this number and we don't even need it.
0: Yeah. I mean, even when we decided to get our financial shit together before we decided, we just thought we, we didn't even try because in our minds, no, I, we picked the wrong careers. We didn't go to college. We're destined to live paycheck to paycheck. That's what we saw our whole lives. There's no other option. Why try in our minds? You know what I mean? What's the, what's the point? This is just who we are meant to be. This is the life we are meant to live. This is the life that we are, you know, that we see, we're surrounded by whatever. And and now it's so interesting because now anything's a possibility in my mind. Like I go for bike rides the, at the, at the back of the neighborhood or like the houses on the water, you know, where in the past I would, I mean, going through the neighborhood in general, I'd be like, oh, I can't afford this. Where now I'm like, one day we're going to have a house there. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's weird once you, that's where the trust comes in. Right. And that's where like once you start doing the thing, we were making a lot of money. I mean, I was the breadwinner at the time when we started getting our financial shit together. Um, and as we were taking the steps to get out of it, the money started coming. Like we didn't really like do anything different, I mean, besides with our finances, but like, I didn't like go to a different salon or like have a higher commission or, you know, I think my husband did get a new job one year in, um, or got, maybe he, I think he got, um, promoted. But I don't even think that would have happened if we wouldn't would have been getting our financial shit together. Like it was almost like within three months, our income didn't change. We still had debt. We still didn't have a savings account. Like we felt in control and everything started to shift. We even got our, um, you'll love this. We got our um, electric bill for free that whole first summer. The whole first summer, we kept getting these $4 bills in the mail and we knew that wasn't correct. So my husband would call and be like, Hey, something's not right. They said, we're going to send someone out the next month, another $4, you know, bill. I mean, it should have been two, $300, same thing. I think three or four months went by and they finally came out and they were like, you know what? This is actually our fault and you don't have to back pay it. And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> okay
1: exactly where the divine and intuition and the magical part of life meet the practical planning and action taking manifestation isn't just dreaming and wishing that's fucking dreaming and wishing it's taking action aligned action in the direction that you want to go and trusting that everything will magnetize to you that will get you to where you're intending so I think it's beautiful that you have that story of like we we started taking action and then boom free opportunity 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 it, it's incredible what can change when you just decide to shift Shift your mindset. And so much of money, money is a mindset. It's how we think about it and how we use it. And I think today's conversation shines a light on so many different ways that we can change our approach to this tool that is so important in the culture that we are living in.
2: Yeah. I want to ask you one more quick question. That is when you are starting off and you're, let's say you're, that you're under a mountain of debt and you're, so you're like looking from the bottom of the hole before you get to the place where you can actually look out above the hole and get some breathing room and all that kind of stuff what are you telling yourself because it's daunting in the beginning i know that we you keep looking at that number and that number is moving small Anyone who's ever done like a good diet you know and sometimes in that beginning yeah. you're like i am doing a lot of work like what? I'm, I'm, I'm restricting myself this is so hard like what 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 in the hell is going on what are you telling yourself just so you can push yourself through that like beginning phase where there's not a lot of momentum yet where you're just like all I'm doing is sacrificing and what if I die tomorrow? Well then right. you know I've never enjoyed any of this money that I've spent. I've worked so hard to do. So how do you get yourself out of that? What do you what are you telling yourself?
0: Yeah, one step at a time. Literally one. I think Britt, I believe it was you. I think we were in Zion. Was it you who told me about looking at the top of the mountain? Can you yeah. say that again? I say this often, but I feel like I need to hear you say it again because this is a perfect example.
1: Yeah, no. Thank you for that reminder. We were hiking in Zion at Hair Love Retreat, and just and this was one of our first uh, encounters, right? Like, yeah, I think so. And it stuck with cool me this lot. whole time. <laughs> Wonderful. So Chris and I, after one of a Brenda Bouchard's conferences, we drove up to Sedona, Arizona. We started hiking the vortex. And I'm looking down because I'm trying not to die one step in front of the other. And that's what I'm hearing. Just take one step, one step. And I keep trying to look up and I'll trip on a freaking branch or a rock or something. Nope, not it's not the time. Look down one step at a time, one step at a time. And then at one point I got tired and realized, wow, this view is beautiful. We've really made it a long way. I didn't realize we've been hiking for so long. I paused, I looked up. I took in the scenery and I realized, wow, this perspective, this vantage point of life, of this journey is so much more clear than when I first started. And it was just such a great reminder that it's important for us to pause along the way to focus. That one step at a time to get to that from the bottom to the top of that mountain, but with consistent action and breaks in between, which I think is so important. Like go on a shopping spree three months in just to celebrate. Don't blow it all, but like do something to be like, yeah, girl, I'm doing it. You know? Yes.
0: One of the biggest things I teach when it comes to debt, I actually have a, a, mini course specifically about getting rid of debt. Um, and it creates the plan for you. So, because you need the plan, right? Like you can throw money at all your debt, all you want, but if there is not a legit plan, it ain't going to go nowhere. Or it's just going to feel like it's like, you know, right at the same amount that It's never going to go down. Um, and celebrating the wins. You have to celebrate the wins. You have to, you, we, we actually stopped our debt payoff, We slowed it down for two months. So we were, I think we were supposed to pay it off in February, but we opted to pay it off in April so that we could fund a trip to Mexico. Once all of our credit cards were paid off, We wanted to go to Mexico. That was like our big celebration. And then we had smaller ones throughout, you know, the the two years as well. But I think that it's so important. But it was easy because we had the plan to look at that and go, okay, if we just take this money, put it into savings to go to Mexico, what's it gonna do? Okay, it's gonna move us. We're gonna pay it off in April instead. Yep, we're cool with that. Let's go. You know, so I think the celebrating of the wins is huge one step at a time, because shit's going to happen. You're going to plan to put a certain amount towards your debt one month, and then your tires are going to blow out, or you're going to get a parking ticket. Um, And just continuing to be consistent and not perfect is the key and celebrating along the way, because you have to stop and look at how far you've come. You have to.
1: I absolutely agree. That's one of the last lessons I teach inside shine school is to celebrate the small wins, because if you wait till the end goal to celebrate, you're going to burn out before you even get there. You're going to get tired. You're not going to realize the progress that you've made. You're going to beat yourself up and pretend like I'm still not there. I still haven't done. it. So I think celebrating and, and doing that because you're building habits. You don't want to get in a habit of not ever spending or not celebrating if you're constantly, you know, holding back or like, you know, trying to play it safe or whatever. So I think that's a beautiful way to find that balance of being mindful where your money's going, but also enjoying the shit out of it. What, like what, this is why I work while I was at a bachelorette party two years ago and the, she's like, I'm getting a table at Republic. It's on that Outer Banks show and I'm doing it and we're going hard and we did. And oh my God. And she got the table and the bottles and the Fireworks and the fucking titties and all the things. And <laughs> she's so drunk that she can't. She, I don't even did you even realize do you even know what we did? But she's so drunk, she hands me her credit card. She's like, just pay it. I don't care. And it's like fifteen hundred dollars plus tip. And I'm like, I hope she's not mad that I'm gonna put a twenty dollar tip on here because like we're in the service industry, like, you know, 20%. be cool, be cool. 20%. Be cool. I was gonna say, 20, I hope 20, you too. <laughs> oh, sorry, 20%, 20%. I told numbers aren't my thing. Okay, Colors okay, 20%. My oh, she's like, And she just leaned over, this is why I work hard. I think it's so important to give yourself that permission to celebrate and to, um, you know, honor what we work so hard for. And that's kind of where I'm at in my money mindset story is I've worked so hard for the last 20 years that I actually have enough money in the bank account to not work. And I can take that time to relax. And that is not, that was never built into my hustle mindset culture. So now it's about recalibrating and re and finding a new sense of money story for myself of, no, I've worked really hard. Hard and now I'm going to let it work for me. So yeah. I, I think that, and girl, I grew granted my parents own the trailer park. I grew up in a trailer park. So when I, when we, when it comes to money mindset and like, where, where have you come from or what you've experienced? Like, I, I would say I'm definitely a picture book, like, and you as well, like even manifesting, going to a top two private school in the country on scholarship because his parents couldn't afford it, but he was obviously meant to be there. So it's just incredible how what is meant for you will find you if you just stop blocking it out with the belief that it's not possible. So thank you for opening up everyone's mindset on how taking action, aligned action, and getting clear on what your goals are can actually help you create more clarity and manifest more abundance more rapidly with that certainty of what you want. So
2: when we're talking about money, we typically think money is more of a masculine thing. I mean, when you you think of breadwinner, you typically think of the guy. I mean, that's just how we've always sort of been brought up. And I think it's so interesting that the two of you are such power. That was, that's what I liked about when I, when we took that hike together and I was watching you and Brit interact, I'm like, I love fucking strong ass women. I mean, there's just, there's something there's, there's not creepy, but there's some, there's such a, a sexy, there's such an appeal to that. It's just like, Oh, I'm home. Like, like dealing like being around people who are meek or people who can't like set up any boundaries, you can feel that. I, the, the thing that really impressed me about, about watching you two interact and, and then getting to watch you speak, I was like this is strong women shit. I did some stuff for some women who have decided I'm going to own my confidence. I'm going to get up here. I'm going to teach people things that are uncomfortable because money is uncomfortable, just like some of the other topics we've been. And, and I'm just going to do it. Even if it's uncomfortable, like you said, even getting up to speak is weird. Sometimes it's weird. You're, you know, but so what? Like, and to me, that's where where strength is. When your body is telling, uh-uh, like I'm fighting every feeling. I'm trying to make you feel nauseous so you'll go throw up. Now you got to poop. You know, I'm trying to give you every possible signal that I can give you so you'll not do it. And you just get there and say, "I'm gonna do it." Yeah. Now you know. what? You know, I think it it gives women the opportunity to have someone to look up to to have an authority figure that's a woman who not only is that but cares about them not the strict mean maybe maternal figure that they had or when you think of like the, the nun with the ruler slapping the wrist kind of thing but it, but it's just it's like hey we're women we can succeed like there's there's nothing stopping us besides ourselves and so i and watching powerful women get together and do stuff like that is just to me yes it would just it, it's it's one that's it's one of the sexiest and most appealing things it, it is just i'm sitting back just going like huh I'm in, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven because I love watching it because so many other people can take a note and say, well, I'm a powerful ass woman too. I, maybe I just wasn't telling myself that. Maybe it wasn't the story that other people told me before, but I can stand up for myself. I can do things different. I can teach people where some of the mistakes that I've made and have overcome, why not teach them how how to, how to do it now? Because that's what we're all doing here. We're all teaching people the bullshit that we had to suffer through. And like, hey, I spent 10 years doing this. What if I can help you knock it down to one? That way you don't suffer as much as I did. And it's, it's beautiful watching y'all do that over and over and over again, and putting yourselves out there, even when it is uncomfortable, even when you're gonna have to battle things, even when people may not take you immediately serious and you stand up there and you go, I'm here, what are you gonna do now?
1: Well, you know, what's interesting. You mentioned earlier, your story was, I think I picked the wrong profession, right? But what, fast forward, if you guys haven't been listening, Misty is now a money coach. So how funny that you would, transform your career into something more aligned with what you felt what what you had to deal with right I teach self-love because I did not like myself I had a lot of confidence and worth and all the thing issues so I had to work through that. And that led me out from behind the chair, teaching my clients. They're like, what are you doing? Holy shit. You're like happy and like shiny what's going on. And so I just started repeating myself over and over again. So did you find yourself doing that behind the chair or with your friends or with your family, where you just start sharing, like, this is what I'm learning. I'm, I'm, things are changing. And that's how you then built a new career for yourself that you probably didn't even intend on in the, a I want to get out of debt
0: percent, <laughs> a thousand percent. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you know the story. The reason I'm even a money coach now is because, do you know Sarah Marie, the vivid, she was the vivid brunette. She's part of Coco Lemon in Richmond, Virginia. Well, yeah. she's, Sounds she, funny. she was a um, educator. I went to see one of her classes and she's about an hour and a half from me. She posted something on, um, on Instagram about needing a hair model. And I, I'm, I'm white. I'm like 70. I'm, my hair is completely white. I literally just colored it yesterday. Um, <laughs> and she needed white hair, but that wanted dimensional color. And I was like the perfect candidate. I was terrified to DM her and say that I would be her model. Like I was like this, this educator, like quote, unquote, that's like, you know, so high up and like, blah, blah, blah. And like had all these like fears around it, send her a message that I'd love to be your, your, um, your, um, model go to Richmond a month later, we're talking and I'm just telling her my story. Now I knew I wanted to educate stylists some way. I did not know my direction. I'm talking to her. I'm telling her my money story. I don't even remember how it came up. I think at that time I just told everybody cause I was really fucking proud of it. And then, um, a week later she messages me and she said, "Will you come and teach a class at my salon. And I had never taught a class in my life. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And she was like, I just want you to come and tell your story. And I was like, okay. And it sold out. Granted, it was like $55 a ticket or something, you know, 25 people. And that's how it started. I walked out of that class and I was like, this is what I meant to do. So it's, yes, telling your story of the thing that you suck at half the time is what's actually going to be the thing you're passionate about because it changed my life, changing my money story, completely changed my life. And now I want everyone to change their lives too. <laughs> you
2: know why that makes such a difference. And this is what people screw up on all the time is that no one wants to look at a perfect person. No, one's going to vibe with you. No, one's going to connect with you because we're all just, stumbling through everything. And so it's amazing to me, once you get permission to people, once you get up there on in front of people and not be perfect, people look up there and go, if that dumb dumb can do it, I damn sure can. <laughs> yeah. they, have, they have their shit together. The slides are messed up. They got a bad font, you know. Horrible font. <laughs> and so it's just, it's so important for us to get over the fact that we may have not done it perfectly or we may not have the exact credential or something like that. If you've solved the problem, there's absolutely someone out there who is desperate desperate to hear what you have to say because they're at home at night, staying up all night worried about that exact same problem that you have the solution to. So sometimes you just have to pull your head out of your ass and go, maybe this is, maybe I do need to take life by the reins. Maybe this is my race to run and just do something, you know, try it. And it's almost always that way. I love that you mentioned that because it's almost always that way where someone will ask you, It's like we were talking about you want to be ready when the opportunity is there, but if you're not ready, you got to take action anyways, you know, because you always have your story and you're always looking to tell the truth. I don't ever get in front of people and just tell a bunch of lies. I'm just going to remember what I've already gone through, and I'm just going to tell them about where I struggled because they're going to have some commonalities. They're going to associate with my story, and then I'm going to go, well, there's a lesson in what they're telling me. Hell, maybe... I love that story that you told because I really found myself in that. Like, that's what everybody will come up and say. It wasn't like, oh, my God, you're the smartest person I've ever met. And you're perfect. And I love your shoes. No <laughs> one ever says that. They always go, I really resonated with your story. Thank you so much for telling it. I'm going through the exact same thing. What you said is really going to help me and my family and our future together, which is the compliment that I want to get. I could care less whether you like my teacher or not. I mean, that's great and all, but like, who cares? I want to know that you're doing better because I showed up. Like that, when I go home at night and I'm thinking about what am I grateful for during the day, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about that person I helped, even though it was weird, even though it was uncomfortable, even though I may say it wrong or mumble or whatever the hell, I'm still going to deliver them and connect with them and care. The big thing people don't realize is that if you actually care about your audience, they will know. It's like the trick, people like, well, how do you get someone to fall in love with you? You love them back. You tell them you appreciate them. You just, you send them that love too. And when people receive that, they're like, I trust you. Yeah. If you're loving and open like that and people know that you're vulnerable and not trying to be perfect, they will trust you so fast and you'll be able to get them to do things that they wouldn't do because they didn't have the trust in the other person because, oh, they're too perfect or I can never reach where they are. I can never do that thing. When they see that you're kind of halfway normal and you're just doing the normal things in life, it's, 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 such, it's so much easier to go, maybe we can all do that. You know, and I think when we're talking about these conversations, it's so powerful to lean people in and be like, you don't have to be broke as shit your whole life. I know that that sucked. I know you may have gone through that as a kid, and they may have eaten ramen noodle soup, you know, all all the time, and and suffered through that Totino's pizza life. But you don't have to, and it doesn't. I mean, I'll still
0: eat Totinos. It's tasty,
2: regardless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be clear. (laughs)
2: Yeah, but it's it's beautiful. I love what y'all are doing. I mean, I just thank you so much, Misty. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Thank y'all. Thank you so much. I love that. That's amen to that. You know,
1: it's uh, fascinating yet again, proof that when you start taking action to change and make changes in your life, that opportunities will present themselves that you couldn't have even planned for. That was not something that you planned for. And same with me. I had no intention of being like, Oh, here's how I lost 75 pounds and stopped hating myself and healed my mama trauma. You know, like I would have never guessed that I would be sharing that journey. I, I used to tell Chris, no, I'm just a hairdresser. Stop telling me I'm going to speak on stage and empower people and do all these things. Like, no, I just do hair. And because one of my very good friends from high school, I was doing her hair one day and she said, can I just pay you to coach me and like set up my morning routine and help me with my schedule and meal prep? I'm like, what? Like, you want me to pay you to like, tell you what to do with your life and not blow dry your hair. She was like, yes. I'm like, don't ask me twice. Sit down sit down and let's do this. And that led me to my coaching path that I would have never guessed. I'm just a hairdresser. I just want to empower women behind the chair, but things naturally unfolded to lead me to an even bigger purpose and an even bigger mission. And I think that when you trust. When you take action, when you take the risks, it will naturally unfold, and the opportunities get magnetized to you that you could have never even dreamed of. They're a bit—I guarantee your dreams that you are living now are bigger than what you even thought was possible. Because it's
0: true for me too, you
1: know. So, yes, a thousand
0: percent. A thousand percent.
1: It's incredible when you give yourself permission to just try. And that was everything that the elevated life was born off of an experiment to do something different to see if we get better results. Missy, we always like to end our podcast by asking the question, what does living an elevated life mean to you?
0: Oh, freedom. I just want to do what I want when I want. <laughs> that that was full body. Hell yes. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what is the foundation of why we teach the mindset shifts, because when you shift your mindset from a lack mentality to anything's possible, that is freedom. So thank you for being a money coach and helping stylists specifically, like go go, te- go team hairdressers, you know, yes. like to claim the abundance and to open their mindset to receiving more and to make it not so hard. You've done such a beautiful job at making it approachable and easy and not so intimidating. So I'd love for you to share. You said you have a free mini course on getting out of debt. Please let us know where people can access that.
0: Um, The buy by debt is not free, but it is a mini course. It's $47. And that is at missyjane.com with a Y. J A Y N E. Um, you can find you can find freebies there. I've got my three secrets to becoming a cash confident stylist, um, as well as all information on private coaching and group coaching and all of the things and the podcast.
1: Yes, the Cash Confident podcast. If you haven't listened to it already, you definitely need to check it out. It's been so fun listening to all the conversations that you have over there and how so many people dif- different people approach this very important topic from many different walks of life. So it's really a pleasure to get to showcase your wisdom here and to always listen to it over on your podcast. So thank you for having the courage to shine your light. You know, Misty, I fell in love with you the day that you stood on that stage as Gwen Stefani and you rocked (laughs) it like no other, that type of confidence, that kind of authenticity and enthusiasm is who I want in my corner. So thank you for shining your light so bright that it attracted, you know, your tribe. So thank you for just being that courageous leader and and sharing your voice and know that you're going to crush it on your next in-person trainings, because we had the pleasure of getting to witness you in person last year. And it, it, it was really soul moving. So keep doing what you do. Don't question it. Whatever story it you tell yourself was. about presenting and
0: Public or whatever, y'all like, are making my cheeks hurt. Yeah, you just
2: gotta get up there, and the, the thing you think is, I'm about to make these people a lot of money. Let's go.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I love to Hear what I have to say. <laughs> right. Thank y'all so much for having me. I appreciate you both so much. Absolutely. And if you could leave
1: a message on a billboard, what would it say? Ooh, start messy. Mm. Start yeah. messy. Misty Jane here on the Elevated Life podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Uh, You guys can check her out at underscore Misty Jane underscore on Instagram. We'll of course include all her information below in the show notes and please reach out to her, let her know how much you love this podcast and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next week, we'll catch you later. Peace. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Elevated Life Podcast. If you love this episode, please share that love by leaving us a five-star review and spreading the good vibes on social. You can tag us at The Elevated Life Club. Want more wisdom from us? Become an elevator by joining us inside our monthly membership club at TheElevatedLifeClub.com to discover mindset upgrades, lifestyle hacks, and spiritual tools to elevate your soul.
2: Each month features a live group coaching masterclass, guided meditations, yoga practice, and more to help you transform your life one step at a time.
1: It has all the tools, coaching and community you need to level up, progress every month and keep going in every area of your life consistently over the long term.
2: Join us in the club and start your transformation today by signing up at TheElevatedLifeClub.com.
0: Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.